Hello, and welcome to the Pouring My Art Out podcast. This is episode 43, and I am calling it Mood Alteration, because I am pretty sure that the art of being happy is already being used somewhere as the title of a self-help book or something. I know my title sounds like I'm going to talk about using drugs, and I probably will at some point, but that isn't the main focus of what I want to talk about. This episode sprang from my phone, sort of. I keep seeing in my news feed articles about happiness with titles like 10 Things That Happy People Do or The Secret of Being Happy. Unfortunately, these articles, when I click on them, invariably involve a large red banner proclaiming that reading this article requires paying a subscription fee to whatever publication is e-publishing them. Figures... It costs money to learn how to be happy. But let's delve into this happiness thing. And I won't even charge you a subscription fee. I mean, I'm not guaranteeing I can make you happy. I can't even make myself happy a lot of the time. That is why those stupid articles caught my attention in the first place. Let's listen to a commercial message while I ponder what to say next. Otto Schlieners Nina Nina Wiener Schnitzel Now, from Otto Schlieners Biofarms Incorporated comes Otto Schlieners Nieder Nieder Wiener Schnitzel Yeah, but it is pronounced Wiener Schnitzel Thanks, Otto These thin breaded veal cutlets are chopped up into bite-sized pieces, deep-fried and specifically seasoned for American children. They are microwavable. Oh, yeah, but you should say Wiener Schnitzel. Thanks, Otto. Yes, a tasty snack of German beef just for American kids. We love Wiener, it is Wiener. Try Neener Neener Wiener Schnitzel today. It is Wiener, you kleine Scheiße Americana Dummkopf Schweinhund. Wiener, it is Wiener. Why can't you say Wiener? And try Otto Schliener's Auto Cleaners. Keep your car shiny and clean. Otto Schliener's Biofarms Incorporated is a wholly owned subsidiary of Otto Schliener's Mega Agro Industrial Food Production Corporation of Bavaria. By Otto Schliener. Otto Schliener. Well, let me start off by saying that I am not in any way making fun of any kind of mental health issue, like depression, that makes being happy an even more unattainable goal. I am a certified, diagnosed manic depressive, or bipolar as they call it these days. That, in conjunction with my weird all-art side of the brain thing, as I explained in episode one, means I am a mental mess. That is why I say I have crack squirrels in my head. Hey now. Sorry, Jimmy. 
What I mean is that all that, combined with the fact that I have crack squirrels in my head, leaves me in no position to poke fun at any mental anomaly of any sort. All this also explains why I self-medicated for so many years, so I could at least in part help determine when the highs, pun intended, and lows would occur. See, I knew we would end up talking about mood-altering substances one way or another. Let me take a moment while I organize my, uh, thoughts, for want of a better word, to mention my blog briefly in a way completely unrelated to this subject. I have just returned from a solo road trip on which I traveled north from San Diego, where I now live, to the San Francisco Bay Area. And I took the long way, the winding and wild Highway 1, and took three days to do what is really a one-day drive, if a long one. So if you like otters, elephant seals, rhinoceroses, rhinoceri, zebras, pelicans, redwoods, cute kids, cute dogs, flowers, fog, beaches, cliffs, food, miniature and regular-sized horses, cool vehicles, tide pools, seabirds, or the Pacific Ocean, you should head on over to pouringmyartout.com and check it out. And yes, I got to feed a rhinoceros. I got rhino saliva all over me. Okay, where was I? Undoubtedly asking questions that I can't answer. Where else would I be? So let's get to it. What is happiness? Is it just a certain mix of chemical reactions in our brains combined with the luck of good circumstances? Obviously, some people are more prone to happiness than others. So if depression is a mental malfunction, wouldn't the opposite, happiness, just be the other side of the same coin? Are we entitled to happiness? Can we make ourselves more happy without using substances to help? Does money buy happiness? I mean, I know I am more happy on vacation than I am at work, so spending money can, in a way, induce happiness, while very few of us are lucky enough to have a job that we are happy doing. Supposedly, we can learn to train ourselves to be more happy, but Once again, you need to spend money to get subscriptions to learn how. Now, I tend to be a somewhat negative person, and it is only getting worse as I get older. But I did read an article, one of those free ones on my phone feed, about a man that scientists and psychologists labeled as the most negative man now living. His name is Oscar de Grouch. I am being told that it is pronounced De Gruchet, Oscar De Gruchet. I managed to track him down, and he is here in the studio. Hello, Oscar. Thank you for talking to me about happiness and other moods. I realize that you and the scientific community consider you to be excessively negative. But there must be something that makes you happy. No! Well, I know they have studied many kinds of mood-altering substances on you. Did any of it work? No! How about psychiatry? No! 
meditation, no. exercise and diet, N-O. No. Oh, well, um, maybe all you need is to spend some time listening to a humorous podcast about... For the last time, no. No, no, no. Okay, so where were we? Why don't we take a look at history and try to determine when we actually started paying attention to our moods? We might as well start with our wall-painting, cave-dwelling friends. When the cave people were making up words for everything, do you think they came up with words for moods? Did they have words for happiness, sadness, frustration, jealousy, love, longing, and confusion? The only thing I am sure of being our forebears is that they undoubtedly had words for hate and anger. It's just a fact of human nature. But did they equate lust with love? Did they think of sadness as a curable condition? Okay, fine. No sense putting it off any longer. Let's get to the drugs and alcohol. Because as long as we have been around, you can bet your, uh, saber-toothed tiger rug that mood-altering substances have been being used. Mind-altering substances exist in nature in startling abundance. There is a tree that produces berries in my mom's yard in the Bay Area. Every year, the robins wait until the berries are very ripe before eating them. They get so drunk, or whatever, that they stagger around on the branches. Marijuana is a plant. Way back in that magic time called the day, we couldn't understand how the authorities could make a plant illegal. Make Brussels sprouts illegal. Nobody should eat anything that smells like sweaty feet. Magic mushrooms, peyote, I could Google all the psychotropic plants out there, but hey, you need to do some of the work around here. Anyway, I do know that very early on, our primitive forebears had an extensive knowledge of not only the edible plants around them, but the medicinal ones as well. And I know that shamans and mystics used naturally occurring hallucinogens and other things in their rituals. All this took experimentation and trial and error. Now, maybe I am just someone who is aware of the curious nature of human beings, or maybe I am just some guy who grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area in the 60s and 70s, but you can't convince me that there weren't young cave people out there trying some of these plants and fungi while... Is fungi a plant? I don't know. While inventing words for dude and cool man and... Hey, does this blade of grass look wide to you? Or, whoa, the sky is melting. Look at the crazy colors. Back to the modern age. We have Big Pharma, the drug companies, spending untold amounts of money developing mood-altering chemicals. I don't know the exact percentage, but but I would be willing to bet that there are as many or more mind-altering drugs and mood-altering drugs on the market or being developed 
as there are cures for any type of disease. Then there is psychology, a whole field of medical theory based on peeking into our skulls to figure out what makes us tick, and a lot of that is aimed at making us more happy. Now add in all the lifestyle elements. Buying stuff to make ourselves happy. Try meditation, yoga, surfing, parasailing, religion, TV, TikTok, a candle that smells like a famous actress's vagina. Where does it all end? And alcohol has been around since 7,000 years before the Christian era. That is the Neolithic era, if you care. 500 years later, wine from grapes was being made in ancient Egypt. This discovery wasn't medical. This was for fun, pure and simple. If you combine booze with people and music, hey, you have a party. And while I hate to be indelicate, and I also hate to click that button that gives me an adult rating, sex makes people happy. I mean, obviously for most of history, sex made men a lot more happy than women, but this does account for the invention of prostitution. But doesn't answer the obvious question, was prostitution invented by a man or a woman? This also ties together with the age-old question, can money buy happiness? Well, maybe not. You can be rich and sad, but if you are rich and happy, you can certainly amuse yourself in a wider variety of ways. And if you are poor and happy, would being rich make you any less happy? The amount of money, time, energy, and creativity that we as a species have spent to make ourselves happier covers a lot of time and a lot of categories. As we advance, we get better and spend more of all these things on entertainment to make ourselves happy. Roller coasters, scuba gear, off-road vehicles, camping equipment, big screen TVs, amusement parks, movie theaters. It just goes on and on. A few hundred years ago, a kid might have had a handful of toys and consider themselves lucky. Now it takes six hours to pick up the toys in your kid's room. One last point about money and happiness. During a lot of human history, poor people didn't have much time to worry about whether they were happy or not. Being a Roman emperor might have been stressful as a job in a lot of ways, but being a poor person wasn't any picnic. At least they could watch people killing each other or being killed by animals in the games at any Roman town of any size and feel like, hey, it could always be worse. Let's listen to another brief commercial message. If you aren't as happy as you want to be, try Harry's Happy Gas. Just breathe it in and feel the sadness slip away. It's just like the laughing gas dentists use, pretty much. Send a money order or certified check for $300 to Post Office Box 11, the General Store, Knob Gobble, Arkansas, and within a week or so, 
a recycled scuba tank full of happy gas will show up on your doorstep. Make the check or money order out to cash. Delivery times are between 2 and 4 a.m. on any given day of the week. This is non-medically certified nitrous oxide used in illegal street racing and is not specifically tested to be safe for human use. Keep scuba tank away from small children and sources of heat. In case of a visit by police, simply open the valve on the tank to release the gas into the air. The police probably won't even remember why they are there. The last thing I want to talk about is art, creativity. It is, after all, a podcast about art. Did our cave painting friend feel happy when he made a really nice horse picture? Did his friends feel happy, as some of us do when viewing works of art, to see his creations? Sometimes art feels like doing a chore. But now and then, I get into this zen zone, and art flows out of me. And at that moment, I think I am happy. Is happiness a normal expected part of the human condition? Are people who tend to be happier than average just lucky? Is there a secret to being more happy more often? Why are some people happy even when things aren't going their way, while others are unhappy even when their lives are going along just fine? I have no idea, but... Hey, Arthur. Holy crap. Grim, I love you, buddy, but you... Gotta give me some kind of warning before you pop into existence right beside me. Yeah, it would be sort of funny if I gave you a heart attack. Goes against the rules. Yeah, right. What's up? I just wanted to say that despite my title and rather depressing job, I, for the most part, am pretty happy. Hey, hey, hey guys, it's Jimmy. I agree. I mean, I live in a small, hot, dark space surrounded by other crack squirrels. Lots of other crack squirrels. But I'm pretty happy. Well, my life is great. My family is awesome. And I'm, uh, happy some of the time. Well then, don't worry about it, man. Bye, people. What he said. Bye, people. Okay. One final note. According to some sources using some sort of study, Finland is number one when it comes to happiness for the fourth year in a row, followed by Denmark, Switzerland, Iceland, the Netherlands, Norway, Sweden, Luxembourg, and so on and so forth. I didn't bother to see where America falls on the list. I don't want to know. I will play you out with the full songs for Otto Schliner's Neener Neener Wiener Schnitzel and Harry's Happy Gas. I would like to do a special thank you shout out to Luke and Aaliyah, Chris and Teresa, and Mel and Bargoff for helping with the Wiener Schnitzel ad voices, which I modified to sound like little kids. Ha! Bye, people. Otto Schliener's Nina Nina Wiener Schnitzel Otto Schliener's 
Nina, Nina, Biene Schnitzel. Biene, Biene, Nina, Nina, Biene Schnitzel. Otto, Schlinas, Nina, Nina, Biene Schnitzel. My name is Otto. Otto Schliener. I make the Wiener Schnitzel. Nina, Nina, Wiener Schnitzel. Just for the Americana Kinder. Wiener Schnitzel. Otto Schliener Nina Nina Wiener Schnitzel Ja Wiener Schnitzel Nina Nina Wiener Schnitzel Bei Otto Schliener Otto Schliener Nina Nina Wiener Schnitzel Oh ja It is the Schnitzel, it is the Wiener From Otto Schliener Nina Nina Wiener Schnitzel Nina Nina Wiener Schnitzel Jimmy, step away from the tank of gas.